and worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, we're just thanking God today. We're just giving him praise. Um, you know, we, we just always start off with our praise and worship to him. And, you know, he's good. And I actually felt strongly to share a scripture before we go into prayer about um, love. And so bear with us. So we have a new edition here. So this new edition is <laughs> clinging to me for their life. And so <laughs> amen. Praise God. And so I wanted to share a scripture today that I felt led to share. And that scripture is in 1 Corinthians. Um, you don't have to turn to it. If you want to, you can. Um, and I just felt strongly to share this word because love is the word for today. And actually... You know what? I'm sorry. It was not First Corinthians. It was in Matthews. Something that really stood out to me. Um, all of us and the kids, we were actually doing our um, daily Bible study earlier. And when we began to read, um, something just really stuck out to me that he said. So give me a second while I find that. Uh, Praise God. Praise God. So it's uh sorry I didn't have it popped right out the scripture here. But we'll definitely have it um going on in just a second. Sorry, this <laughs> multitasking here <laughs> but let's see okay so it was based on basically the you know the disciples when Jesus began to tell the disciples that he was gonna die um they they didn't want to hear that you know they didn't want to hear it it was um something that was really really weighing heavy and i believe it's in john so i'm sorry we were all over the place this morning hallelujah please god sometimes the kids uh you know begin to ask us and so yes it was Yep, it was John. So it was John 13, starting at, um, oh, I'll start at verse uh, 31, okay? So it says, um, so this is John chapter 13, starting at verse 31. It says, therefore, when he was gone now, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him little children yet a little while i am with you ye shall seek me and as i had said unto the jews whether i go you cannot come so now i say to you 
a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And so um, that really stood out to me because, you know, this is detailing the time when, you know, Jesus is, this is after the last Passover and, you know, he's um, foretelling his betrayal. And, you know, so just imagine the feeling of betrayal. You know, a lot of us have dealt with that before. You know, that's very, very sorrowful emotions to deal with. So, you know, he's dealing with betrayal. He's dealing with uh, knowing that he has to leave these great people that he just made this uh, relationship with, you know, the disciples and how to explain to them without explaining to them what's going to happen. And he is saying it, but they're not receiving it because they can't fathom this happening to him. And he knows that, you know, back in those times, a lot of the Jews were expecting Jesus to come the way that the prophets prophesied, meaning all in the, all in the Bible, it talks about his kingdom will reign forever. And so we know now that that wasn't back, you know, when Jesus came, that was the, that wasn't the time that he, that the prophets spoke of about him coming back to reign forever. That was supposed to be in the last day, which is now. But back then they didn't know that they were still expecting the Messiah to come and take away Rome and everything be done and for his kingdom to be set up forever. So they didn't understand him saying that he had to die. Like it, it, they didn't understand the prophecies and how there was two times they, it talked about him coming. So I just wanted to share that because it made me feel like, you know, and some of his last words, some of his last sayings that he spoke to his disciples about before everything happened, he told them, and it was almost like a commandment. He said it was a commandment he gave them to love one another. That's the biggest thing that um, matters to Jesus is that we love each other. And it says that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one to another. So, you know, when we live for God, when we're believers, the biggest sign for people that don't believe is our, the way that we treat each other, the love that we have towards each other, the love that we show, that we share, the compassion. And so I just wanted to share that. And so um, yeah, I'm gonna be long because I know that, praise God, we're just, we're also waiting for some others to join. And in the meantime, I definitely wanted to get into praise and worship. And I just felt like the need to express that and to share that and hallelujah we're just praising god today because he's really good he's he's worthy to be praised and i'll just i'll share the other scripture that linked to that um after i'm done the praise and worship praise god praise god hallelujah 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 and <laughs> it's always this this being not okay sorry guys hallelujah praise god praise god praise god jesus 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 hallelujah 
praising you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. You are almighty, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Wrong playlist. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hope everybody's day is going well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just trying to find our playlist here. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's sing Revelation song. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits up, heaven's mercy seated. Holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty, who works in his endless With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Yeah. Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. Ascending on a strength and glory and power be. To you, the only white king. Yeah, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty who was in it in it With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. 
You are my everything. I will adore you. Struck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath in living water, such a marvelous mystery. Holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty, who works in his hand with With all creation of things, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will. Adore you, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was in this and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. I will adore you, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was in his witness to God. His own creation is the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we praise you, we honor you, Lord. Yes, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Amen, we praise you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Amen. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay in my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath 
what a day of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in the darkest night. You were closer like no other. I know you as a father. I know you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of my God. Yeah. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, running after me. I life lay down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after. Running after me, my life laid down, surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Ooh, yeah. And all my life. You have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. And all my life you have been faithful, oh yes you have, all my life you have been so, so good, with every breath that I am able, oh I'm gonna say, of the goodness of my God, oh, oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of my God. Oh, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus, we love to praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. You are our Savior, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Halleluj
Yes. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory and creation now reveals in you our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. A beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. Wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, I see. Wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this. Wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, 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 Of Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus, that could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boat of sin and the heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. So you are raised to life. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, my God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the name above all names. What a wonderful, powerful name it is, powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ. 
direction of my own. Turning to the left, turning to the right, but I know everything. Gotta keep my eyes on the prize, yeah. Show me the way and the truth in life. You are the answer. I give the answer to my prayers. I was on the sideline, I was on the left field, I was up and down, trying to find you. I was on the best part, walking over and Lord, I was trying to find you. Was he the way and the truth in the life? So give me the keys. Cause I want to follow you Lord, I'm going to follow you Cause there's a way and the truth in the light Please give me the keys Lord, I want to follow you I'm going to follow you I'm going to follow you Lord, I will follow you. Cause in the way and the truth, Cause in the way and the truth, in the life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Get my shots on the beat. It's a sign 
just thankful it's just so thankful 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 and i just wanted to um share just the last scripture um before we go right into the sermon and it just ties right with you know the songs that was chosen and the word that we talked about today about jesus's last commandment and that was in john 13 his last commandment to us was to love one another and that he told them the disciples that right before i'm sorry right before he was about to face death and knowing that um that was the greatest gift that you can ever give is to give your life for somebody you know and so i think about this we're all parents we're mothers we're fathers you know, we're sisters, we're brothers, and we give our lives every day in, in our own special way. So I just wanted to share um, what First Corinthians says love is. And so this is very, very important. Actually, I can't find the scripture, but I do remember the scripture. And so it says in scripture, First and Second Corinthians, it says that love is patient, Love is kind. It does not boast. It does not envy. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. And it always trusts. It always protects. It always hopes. And it never fails. Okay, so in love, we can never fail. And the reason why is because the greatest of um, example of love is giving our lives to each other, giving our life, giving our life over for one another. And so if we are, if we can overcome in that way, love truly cannot fail because we're not, um, death can't separate it, you know, and we're not allowing death to be something that prevents us from showing love. Hallelujah. So with that said, I just wanted to encourage us all that um, when you're giving your all, when you're giving your best, when you're giving too much, it seems at times, just remember that um, that was the call of Jesus to, to and, and that he loved the world so much. He gave his only son. He, he sacrificed his life. Okay. so. Um, when we're sacrificing our life in many ways, don't feel discouraged, but rather know that you're glorifying our father in heaven. And you're setting the example of, 
of a disciple and you should be proud. You should be, you should glorify his name to be called a believer of him under his name, but you're, you're not putting his name to shame. Hallelujah. So just glorifying that through the tears sometimes and through the struggles. So with that said, I'm going to hand the mic over to Daryl. I want to go right into the sermon. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to start off with a short prayer. Then we're going to right into the sermon. Hallelujah. Jesus, we just want to thank you, Jesus, for this day, Jesus. We want to thank you, Jesus, for your love, Jesus, for your grace, Jesus. For your mercy, Jesus, we just want to thank you, Jesus, for this day, Jesus. We want to thank you for what you have given us. You have given us this day, Jesus. You have covered us. You have blessed us, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have anointed us, Jesus. You are showing us the way. You are bringing us back into all truth. You are revealing to us what is right, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are revealing to us the right way to go, Jesus. For you, Jesus, are the revealer, Jesus. And you are the breaker of change, Jesus. Hallelujah. Break any chains, Jesus. Break, a, break through any obstacles, Jesus. Any walls that Satan has put inside of our lives, Jesus. And help us to continue to progress. Help us to continue to break through, Jesus. For you are the God of the breakthrough, Jesus. Remove any infirmities from our lives. Remove any confusion from our lives, Jesus. Remove, Jesus, any disorder from our lives, Jesus, and bless us with order and peace and love, Jesus, for you are the God of order, you are the, uh, the Prince of Peace and the God of Peace, Jesus, and you guard our lives by your Holy Spirit, your peace that you have given to us, your peace that you have left with us. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray, Jesus. We ask that you anoint us and bless us, Jesus, as we go into your word, as we read your word, anoint every word that is spoken in the holy name of Jesus. Bless us and direct us in your Holy Spirit, Jesus. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. We say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. In the holy name of Jesus. So in our, our, our last sermon, we were we were talking about um, favor and how um, Joseph and I believe it was um, uh, Daniel had such um, favor in their lives. And so um, we are continuing the story. Of, of Joseph and the favor that he had and how that, that played out in his life, okay? And so the first scripture we're gonna look at is in Luke. We're gonna turn to the book of Luke and we're gonna start off, we're gonna start off here in chapter 16. Hallelujah. All right, start off in chapter 16. Luke 16, Jesus led us to Luke 16. And we're going to start in uh, verses 15 through 16. And it says here, it says, and he went and joined himself to the citizens of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And so that that um, that scripture right there was about the um, the, the the redeemed son. Okay, and so that that son um, decided to take his inheritance and go and run back to his father, or uh, well, run out into the world, and then he realized what a terrible mistake he made, and then ran back to his father. Okay. Um, and so that son in the Jewish community um, would have been known as uh, what he would have been. It would have been very shameful for him to do that. And so everybody in the town would have knew that he left his father. He left the tradition. He was um, he disrespected his family. And so they would have came back and they would have when he came back, they would have shamed him. And so. Um, I learned this on a, on, a, on a radio show and I didn't, I, I hadn't um, realized this before, but he actually, um, the father actually ran out to him. It says that we just read it, that his father ran out to him. Okay. It says that, um, he says that he, he, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. If he didn't, if he wouldn't have ran to him, that son would have been would have been shamed and and poked fun at and made fun of all throughout because he had a he had to walk through the town so he would have had to walk all through the town in the jewish community they would have they would have um made fun of him poked fun of him, maybe even threw some stuff at him you know telling him how shame shameful it was for him to leave his his, his family and to do that okay and so his father had compassion on him and met him halfway and so this is what Jesus does for us. He's high and lifted up, but yet he is meek and lowly and meets us where we are. Hallelujah. Jesus brings us through trials and tribulations, but yet he brings us to peace. And so that's the, the, uh, the focus of this sermon is trials and peace because we go through the trials first and then Jesus brings us to a place of peace. And it has a lot to do with, with the favor. And so this is why we're, focused a, um, a little bit on Joseph because continuing on Joseph's story, Joseph went through a lot of trials and he, he, he was brought to a place of peace and he went through some more trials and he was brought to a place, place of peace. And that peace continued because of how he was um, favored and exalted in um, Egypt. Okay. And so the next scripture that Jesus led us to is first Peter three, first Peter three, and that's near closer towards the end of the Bible. First Peter three. Hallelujah. Is everybody able to follow along? Y'all able to follow along all right? Okay. All right. All right. So first Peter three. And we're going to read lines one and two. All right. Lines one and two says, 
Likewise, ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they beheld, behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. And so this is, um, Jesus led me um, here um, to talk about how we, how do we um, maintain the peace? And the peace has a lot to do with our conversation. Okay, in this, in this um, example, has a lot to do with the, with the women and the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Okay, and so that that is um, righteous and um, humble and modest conversation. Okay, and so if we were to look up, we look up the word uh, chaste, what we see here is innocence and uh, in innocent. Okay, you're innocent of, of, of unlawful sexual intercourse, but, but innocence or pure in thought and act. Okay, and so that, that purity, that innocence, that modesty in conversation. Okay, and so if we uh, turn, Jesus led us back to the, to the book of Luke. He led us to a very great example of this about the, the, um, the interaction between Mary and um, Elizabeth, okay? John the Baptist's mother, okay? Remember, uh, Mary and Elizabeth were pregnant around the same time. So when um, John the Baptist, uh, when, 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 when Elizabeth was told about John the Baptist and Zacharias was told about John the Baptist, here's his, his parents, um, they leapt for joy because Elizabeth was barren Okay, and then Elizabeth traveled to go see Mary because they were friends. And Mary, um, the angel went to, the same angel Gabriel went to go speak to Mary. And she was so amazed by it that she, at first she was, she questioned it a little bit. But then Gabriel told her that your friend Elizabeth, even now, she is pregnant even now, the one who they said, who, who, was, who used to be barren. Okay, and so we're just gonna read a little bit of it. Luke 1, we're going to read lines 37 through 57. Hallelujah. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And so she considered herself and called herself the handmaid of the Lord. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So he's saying, how, how am I, I'm, 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 this, is, this is a privilege for you to come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And so they're, they're, um, and blessed, I will go to line 45. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Okay, and she starts to go into this prayer. And so this interaction between Mary and Elizabeth is um, uplifting, encouraging joyous 
peaceful. Okay, this is the this is the the, the example that we're reading in First Peter three about the chaste conversation, this this peaceful and modest conversation between women. Okay, and this is this is one way that we upkeep pieces. I mean, this is this is a um, an example for everybody. You know, this is these are the conversations that we're supposed to have as, as children of God. Okay, peaceful conversations, uplifting conversations, edifying conversations. You know, to edify means to build up, building up each other. Okay, not tearing each other down. Okay, and so we continue in line uh, forty-six. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit have rejoiced in God, my savior, for he have regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty have done to me great things and holy is his name and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He have showed strength with his arm. He have scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty, sent empty away. He hath hope in his, his, his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. That's how close they were. When was the last time any of us spent um, time with our uh, our, our our pregnant um, uh, brothers or you know brothers or sisters or you know um, you know husbands of of of, of who her wives are pregnant stayed with them for three months. This is the hospitality we that we were talking about um, a few sermons ago. This is the hospitality that we're missing now. Okay, it says he did she stayed for her for three months and probably helped her out. You know, she wasn't that um, that that uh, uh, too far into her pregnancy yet. Mary wasn't, but Elizabeth was, so she probably helped her out. And this is this is the this is an example of the hospitality. You know, when Jesus says to love thy neighbor, and of course, again, going back to the peace, we were talking about having these peaceful conversations and how we maintain the peace. He he says, make peace with all men, make peace with everybody. That's what that means. And so, but we see this. This example again of you know an enormous, uh, uh, a holy um, sense of this hospitality. She stayed with her for three months, and it says, "And Mary abode with her for three months, and returned to her own house." Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son, and that was John the Baptist. Okay, and so Jesus led us um, back to First Peter three. We're going to read the the rest of First Peter three until uh, we get to line nine, from one to nine. Okay, so it says, "Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives." Okay, so there's the conversation again. So he says that the husbands can be won over by the conversation, okay? And the wives, well, more so the wives, the other wives, the other women are seeing by example, they're won over by the peaceful conversation of saying, wow, she's so um, modest, wow, she's so peaceful, wow, she's so joyous. Um, and it now says in line two, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, 
Okay, and it's not, um, again, like fear, uh, crouching down in fear, but the reverence, the respect of, of that person. Whose adorning let it not be that our that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing or gold of gold or of putting on of apparel. So he's saying not of the outward appearance. That's what that means. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, the inner the inner things. Okay, the inner things. But let it be hid the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of god of great price he's saying that is great price remember jesus talked about the pearl of great price that you couldn't see the um the kingdom these are the things that he's talking about okay those things the meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of god of great price he's saying that that's of great price to god that is a great price to god that is a great thing uh, um riches Build up your, your, your riches, build up your, your, um, your riches in heavenly things. This is what he's talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about. Okay, so line five. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement okay and so we read this before um in the in the first um sermon that we were we doing that we've been doing in this uh, series about the upright family of god and so again this is the the fifth part of the upright family of god okay and so we're, we're about to go back into joseph's story it says likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So we're supposed to pray together. We're supposed to respect our wives. We're supposed to um, show reverence for our wives. It's the same thing, okay? Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you are there unto call that you should inherit a blessing. And so we see this example with Joseph. Okay. We're going to read this example of Joseph um, doing exactly this. And so, but first, um, Jesus led us back to Luke 2, 52. Hallelujah. Luke 2, 52. <clears throat> all right luke 2 52 says and jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with god and man so remember we read that before that jesus increased in stature and in favor with god and man that's the favor this is the this is the um that 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 um example that we read in first peter is are the examples of of um of that of the of the wisdom and the favor how he um, interacted with people. And so he increased in that by having these peaceful conversations. He increased in that with helping other, loving, loving his neighbors and helping people. Okay. And so again, we're going to turn back. Jesus led us back to Genesis 33, 28. We see this example with Jacob. And then we're going to see the same example with Joseph following in his father's footsteps. Okay. So we're in Genesis 
um, 32, line 28. Okay, and so we know that Jacob, Abraham came slightly after the flood, the flood of Noah. Um, Abraham had Isaac, okay? And Isaac had Jacob and Esau, okay? Jacob was renamed Israel and Israel became the father of 12 sons. One of whom is Joseph, which we're gonna read about in, the, in, the, um, in a minute. And those 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. They were the, the progenitors of the father of the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so, again, we have Genesis 32, line 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, has you have power with God and with man and has prevailed. Okay. So it's like a, he went through a struggle. And he prevailed over it, okay? And um, he, he went through some rebukes. Jacob went through a lot of rebukes because Jacob was very um, deceitful at the beginning of his life. Okay, and so now um, we have an example of his, his uh, Jacob's other sons um, taking on that deceitfulness. They sold Joseph into slavery, okay? And so before we go um, back into Joseph, we're going to go to 1 Peter 3, back to 1 Peter 3, Jesus led us back to 1 Peter 3, <clears throat> hallelujah, all right, 1 Peter 3, we're going to read lines 13 through 22, and who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good, this is what Joseph experienced, but, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you, but be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And again, that means the meekness is also um, respect, respect for God, reverence for God, okay? having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evildoing. For Christ also have once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the spirit, quickened means alive, made alive by the spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Because remember, um, Noah and his sons and their wives had made eight. And, you know, of course, his, his, his wife, they all made eight. The like figure wherein to even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into he heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Hallelujah. So Jesus led us back to um, Genesis 41. And again, we're reading of the, um, the story of Joseph. And so this is exactly what Joseph experienced. Joseph's story is, an ex is a literal example of these verses that we just read in 1 Peter 3, 13 through 22. 
So we're going to turn to Genesis 41. Jesus led us to Genesis 41, or we're going to read lines 43 through 40 to 57. Okay. And so Joseph got sold into slavery by his brothers. Um, he got sold into Egypt. He came into Egypt. He worked in Potiphar's house. His uh, Potiphar, uh, he rose to um, prominence in Potiphar's house as a um, as a uh, a slave, and he 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 became the head of his household of, of the helpers in in Potiphar's household. Then Joseph um, was approached by his wife because he was such in favor, um, and he had such a good spirit that he was a, he was attracted, and his uh, Potiphar's wife was attracted to. Joseph and tried to commit adultery with Joseph. Joseph knew that was a wrong, knew that knew it was wrong, knew it was a sin, and avoided her. But one day he went into Potiphar's house while his wife was there, and she tried to grab him. And when he when she grabbed him, he he, he ran off and, and she left. He left his his uh, part of his clothes ripped in her hand, and so she used that to frame Joseph. Joseph went to prison, and he met um, Pharaoh's. Um, cupbearer and his and his i think it was his yeah his baker and so um he ended up uh interpreting their dreams and they got out one of them died one of them um, got out and was free and the pharaoh had a dream he didn't know who to call to he called the the wizards and the magicians and they couldn't do anything so the baker remembered joseph after three years of um joseph spent an extra three years in prison which you know, it was ordained by God, but it was, it was, it was, it, that was, that's a hard thing to go through. And so now Joseph is before, is coming before Pharaoh, coming in front of Pharaoh. So it says here in, in um, Genesis 41, 43 through 57, it says, um, well, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. So I'll, I'll just go back just a little bit. Um, in line 17, we'll start at line 17 in Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river and behold, there come up out of the river seven kind or cows, fat fleshed and well favored, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill favored and lean fleshed, just as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. So they were, they were skinny cows and the lean, the skinny cows and the ill favored kind cows did eat up the first seven fat kind and when they had eaten them up it could not be known that they had eaten them up but they were still ill favored as at the beginning so i awoke okay so joseph um goes and he um interprets it we're going to line 22 and i saw in my dream and behold seven ears came up in one stalk full and good and behold seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. Um, and so Joseph interprets it. Let's look at line 26. The seven good kind are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, while all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that, that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. 
Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let him keep food in the cities and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land perish not through the famine. And the king was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word, shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So he gave Joseph that position. Joseph went from a slave at 17 years old. Now he's, he's grown. And now he is, he is, it says that he's second only to the king. It says here, thou shalt be over my house. And according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou that's it hallelujah and so we're going to read uh we're going to continue into line 42 in just a second give me a second here so I can fix something all right let's Fix something here. Right, hold on one second. Just bear with me here for a second here. So I have to make sure that we're still live streaming here. All right. All right. So that's a really incredible thing. Joseph was was a slave. Okay, and that's an that's an example for all of us. Um, because of how, um, how hard, um, Joseph worked because Joseph, Joseph spent about, uh, 15, almost 15 years, almost 15 years. Um, working for Potiphar. And then part of and those and it was three years he was just in that prison, okay, in that jail, okay. And so we're going to read line line forty two, okay. Uh, let's see here. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck, and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. So he said, except for me, nobody's going to bow. Nobody's going to um, lift up the above you. Nobody's going to be above you. Okay. Nobody's going to put their foot above you. So Joseph is, is officially... Um, exalted. Again, we're in Genesis 41. We're reading lines 43 through 57. Okay, and right now we're in um, 
44. Um, moving on to line 45, Genesis uh, 41. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath-Paneah, and he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, and Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So Zaphnath-Paneah um, is, his, is his Egyptian name. And Joseph, of course, is his um, Hebrew name, or Yosef is his Hebrew name, okay? And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth handfuls, okay? And so um, Jesus gave Joseph um, this, this, uh, this wisdom, this, um, excellent wisdom and this excellent plan. And only he could have done something like that. And so, um, it's, it's very, it's, it's very, this is a very interesting, um, circumstance. And if, if we dedicate ourselves to Jesus, if we if we dedicate ourselves to his word and, and following his, his, his commandments, following the things that he has told us to do and obeying him, he will bless us. He will continue to bless us with favor, okay? Because there's some favor that's just, just, just because of the mercy of God, which again, is a mystery, okay? And so um, Genesis 42 says, um, Jesus led this Genesis 42. Um, and this, this is just um, more of, um, the details of how he gathered up all of the um, the corn and everything, and it says, "Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, when when Jacob saw, I'm sorry, Joseph, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why why do you look one upon another?' And so, back in Jacob is back in Canaan, and Joseph's brothers are back in Canaan because remember he sold them, he they sold him into Egypt. They're in Canaan, okay. They're way down, down they're they're way up north in Canaan, Israel, in this day, and they um, are suffering from a famine, from the same famine. It goes all the way out there, all the way out into Israel. The famine spreads all the way out there. It's it's a huge famine. Um, and we're going to look at a, a, a small um, video, short video about it in a little bit. Um, but Jacob's now old and he's, he's realizing that they have to do something about it. So it says, now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, why do you look one upon another? And he said, behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, get you down here and buy for us from there that we may live and not die. And Joseph's 10 brothers or brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren or with his brothers for he said, lest peradventure mischief befall him. Now, Benjamin was the youngest after they sold uh, Joseph into slavery. Um, Jacob had Benjamin and Benjamin was now the youngest, okay? So he was he was he was um, favored in a way, but he was the younger, the youngest of his sons. He was the the baby, okay. And so they didn't want to even risk him um, going 
okay? Uh, let's see here. And so they don't even want to risk him going down all the way to Egypt. That's a long walk. They're walking and they're, they're going on camels and horses. Okay, that's a pretty long journey, okay? And so it says here, and the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them. So he didn't let he didn't let them know who he was. And spake roughly unto them, and he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brothers, but they knew him not. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them, and said unto them, You are spies to see the nakedness of the land you are come. So remember when Joseph was younger, he told his brothers right before they sold him into slavery, before he found him out in the field not doing work, being lazy. <laughs> Joseph had a dream. And he said that um, uh, it's a, there's, there's, there was corn stalks that were, that were bundled up together. And these corn stalks came to uh, um, a larger corn stalk and they bowed down to them. And he had another one that well, he said he saw the sun, the moon, and the stars. And he said he was, he was um, one, of the, one of the planets and they all bowed down. They all bowed down to him. Okay, I'll even, I'll even go back and, um, and we, can, we can read it. Okay, it says, Joseph dreamed that dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed the dream. Behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. So they bowed down to him. Okay. And so um, sheaves are actually, they're actually not corn. The sheaves are wheat. So they were sheaves of wheat. Okay. And so again, continuing in um, Genesis 42, he said, he remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them and said unto them, you are spies to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And so um, going into line 10, and they said unto him, nay, my Lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all the one man's sons. We are true men, thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, nay or no, but to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And they said, thy servants are 12 brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. So one is one is dead because remember they told their father, they lied. They lied to Jacob, their father, um, when they sold Jacob, um, Joseph. I'm sorry, Joseph into slavery. They told Jacob that Joseph was dead, and they brought him his his coat that that, that Jacob his father had gave given him because he was favored. And said that, and they, they they put blood on it, and said, "Well, they they, they killed an animal, put blood on it, and said that Joseph is dead." And his father was depressed after that. Okay, and so continuing to line fourteen in Genesis forty-two, it says, "And Joseph said unto them, That is is it that I spake unto you, saying, You are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go forth hence.'" 
except your youngest brother come here. So you won't go back. You won't go, or you won't come here anymore unless your, um, your, your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother and ye shall be kept in prison that your words may be proved whether there be any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together in, in ward three days. We put them in prison three days. And Joseph said unto them, the third day this do and live for I fear God. If you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye carry corn for the famine of your houses but bring your youngest brother unto me. So after three days, he let them all out. Okay, and so you can imagine that Joseph is kind of, um, he's battling a little bit in his emotions as well too. So line 20, but bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified and ye shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. So they were talking amongst themselves saying, we, we, uh, Joseph, when he, when he was being sold, we sold him. He was asking for help and we, we didn't listen to him. We would not hear. Therefore, is this distress come upon us? He's saying, so they're saying to each other, that's why this, this is why this has happened. Because we sold Joseph into slavery. Little did they know that this is actually Joseph. That is, that is um, the greatest under, right underneath of the Pharaoh, who is the king of Egypt. And Reuben answered them saying, speak, spake I not unto you saying, do not sin against the child and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And so remember, Reuben was the one who didn't want to sold, sell Joseph into slavery. He was the one who wanted to, to let him go, go back home and just leave. He wanted to just leave him alone. He just wanted them to just beat him up or something and just let him go home, you know. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. So Joseph wasn't even speaking the Hebrew language or, you know, he was speaking uh, Egyptian to them. So he was speaking to them by, by an interpreter. So they definitely didn't know. They, there was no way they could know this was Joseph. So it's a very, very interesting story. And he turned himself about from them and wept. Hallelujah. That, that's how much Joseph felt for his, his brothers because he really loved his brothers. He didn't want to do them. Uh, wrong. Okay. Um, but uh, God is working through him. Jesus is working through him and delivering them some um, indirect, almost like indirect rebukes for these things. And he turned himself about from them and wept. He cried and returned to them again and communed with them and talked with them and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. So he tied them up, put him in prison. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. And they laid their asses with corn and departed thence. So they, they laid the donkeys with corn and they, they went back to Canaan. And as one, they started on their way to Canaan. And as one of them opened his sack to give his, his, um, his ass provender in the inn, the donkey, he espied his money for behold, it was in his sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, my money is restored. And lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed, failed them. And they were afraid, saying one to another, what is this that God hath done unto us? And they came unto Jacob, their father, unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, the man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, we are true men. We are no spies. We be 12 brethren, sons of our father, 
one is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone, and bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that you are no spies, but that you are true men. So will I deliver you, your brother, and you shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. So even in this in this um, this instance, Joseph is still being so um, merciful to them and helping them out indirectly. So they, they have no idea what's going on. Hallelujah! This is an example of that grace and mercy that we um, that we read earlier in First Peter three. And when they both when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said unto them, "Me have ye bereaved of my children." Joseph is not, and Simeon is, is not, because Simeon's in jail, um, and, and he still thinks that Joseph is not alive. And you will take Benjamin away. So the youngest son, they want to take back to Egypt because Joseph asked them to bring your youngest brother back to Egypt so I could see him. Because he, he's acting like he doesn't believe them, what they're, who they're saying that they are. Okay. All these things are against me. This is what Jacob is saying. Their father is saying to them, all these things are against me. All these things have happened to me. And Reuben spake unto his father saying, slay my two sons if I bring him not to thee. So Reuben's, he's saying, you, they're grown. They have, they have children. So they're saying, he's saying, slay my two sons if I, don't, if I don't bring Benjamin back again, your youngest son, our brother, back again. Line 38, and he said, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way and the which ye go, then yet shall you bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. So he's saying, I'm gonna, if, if, if Benjamin dies, the youngest brother, I'm gonna, that's gonna cause me to die. That's li literally what he's saying, but, but God is good. Um, this is this is I, I love this this story. Um, so Jesus led us to the next chapter in, in um, chapter 43. And the famine was sore in the land, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, You shall not see my face except your brother be with you. Okay. Judah says this to them. If, you, if, um, if thou will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, ye shall not see my face except your brother be with you. And Israel said, wherefore dealt ye so ill with me as to tell the man whether, he yet, um, whether ye had yet a brother? And they said, the man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, is your father yet alive? Have ye, not, have ye another brother? And we told him according to the tenure of these words. Could we certainly know that he would say, bring your brother down? And Judah said unto Israel, his father, send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. I will, sure, I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. So Judah is saying this. 
For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this, take of the best fruits of, in, the, of the land of your, in your vessels, and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices, myrrh, nuts, and almonds, and take double money in your hand. And the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took the present, and they took double money in their hand. And Benjamin and, uh, and Benjamin and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, bring these men home and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. So he's saying, invite them to dinner. Okay. Invite them to dinner at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now we're in line 18 of, of uh, Genesis uh, 43. And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house and they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time, are we brought in that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for bondmen and our asses? Okay, they're donkeys. And they came near to the steward of, of Joseph's house. Okay, so Joseph had a helper in his house. And they communed with him at the door of the house and said, oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food. And it came to pass when we came to the inn that we opened our sacks and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack. So they, they actually stopped at, a, um, at an inn, at a rest stop, at an ancient rest stop, okay? Um, we opened our sacks and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again in our hand and other money have we brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. And he said, peace be to you, fear not. Your God and the God of your father have given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water and they washed their feet. And he gave their asses provender. And they made ready the present against Joseph came at, um, uh, um, they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon for they heard that they should eat bread there and when joseph came home they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves to him to the earth and he asked them of their welfare he said how, how are you doing and said is your father well the old man of whom ye spake is he yet alive so joseph doesn't even know if his father's still alive and he's slowly gathering information and they answered, thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. So Joseph is seeing his younger brother for the first time. And Joseph made haste. He hurried, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep. And he entered into his chamber and wept there, he cried. And he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, set on bread. And they set on for him by himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians. 
which did eat with him by themselves because the Egyptians might not eat bread with Hebrews. Okay, this is important. The Egyptians don't eat bread with, with, um, with the Hebrews. And it says here, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. So we have to understand how much of a, of a culture shock, a cultural separation this is, this whole interaction is. Um, Joseph is using an interpreter to talk to his brothers. Joseph doesn't eat with them. Okay. And this is, this is, this is, we're not, we're not going to read this scripture today, but the Hebrews thought that it was an abomination for a person to be a shepherd. And remember all the Hebrews were shepherds. They had flocks and different animals, but the Egyptians thought that that was below them. So they, they, they hated that. They didn't like that at all. Okay. Not just, to, um, just, just because they were Hebrews knowing that that's what they did. They hate, they didn't like, they didn't like um, the Hebrews, okay? But they also didn't like what they did, that they were shepherds. And so it says in line 33, it says, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled one at another. And he took and sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. So Benjamin's plate was way bigger, packed with food. Because he, he, he loved his brother. He wanted to treat his brother. And they, they had no idea. And they drank and were merry with him. So they were, they were happy and they, they ate and drank. Okay, so Jesus led us up to, um, to Genesis 44. And we're only going to read um, lines 1 through 17. And he commanded the steward of the house saying, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry. And put every man's money in his sack's mouth. And put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. And as soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away and they and their asses. And they were gone out of the city and not yet far off. Joseph said unto his steward, up, oh, follow after the men. And when thou didst overtake them, say unto them, wherefore has he rewarded evil for good? Is not this it in which my Lord drinketh? And whereby indeed he divineth? Yea, have done evil in so doing. And so this is this is very interesting because this that most people don't catch this. Uh, but uh, Jesus pointed that out to me a long time ago. Um, the cup, right? The Egyptians used objects to um, to divine or to to tell um, to, to, to as a um, to tell signs or omens to use signs and omens with an object. And so he's saying here that they, th they thought that Joseph would use his cup. Now, of course, we know that Joseph didn't do that because he believed in the almighty God. He believed in Jesus, okay? Back then, they would just been um, Yahweh or Yahuwah or Jehovah back then. Um, they, that's what they would have said. Um, and so you have, it says, you have done evil in so doing. And he overtook them and he spake unto them these same words. And they said unto him, wherefore saith my Lord these words, God forbid that thy servant should do according to this thing. Behold the money which we found in our sack's mouths, we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we, should we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? So he's saying, why would, why would we do something like that? Why would we offend, <clears throat> why would we offend you like that? Um, 
And so this is this is their um, their response to this. God forbid that thy servant should do according to this thing. Behold the money which we found in our sacks mouth we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die. And we also will be my um we will we also will be my Lord's bondmen. So they're saying we'll we will we will be your slaves. And he said, Now also let it be according unto your words. He with whom it is found shall be my servant, and you shall be blameless. Then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground and opened every man his sack. Okay. So they're 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 dealing with this. And he searched and began at the eldest and left at the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. So it was found in the youngest son's sack, the youngest son's bag. Remember what Jacob said to said to um said to, to, to the to the brothers that he said he I feel like I'm gonna die if anything happens to to um to, to Benjamin. Instead it says here, it says in line 13, then they rent their clothes and laid every man his ass and returned to the city. And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said unto them, What deed is this that ye have done? Woe ye not that as such a man as I can certainly divine. Don't you know that, that a man as I can certainly divine? Because he's saying, I'm, I'm an Egyptian. Don't you know I can find these things out? And Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are, our, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also, with whom the cup is found. And he said, God forbid that I should do so. But the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. Then Judah came near unto him and said, Oh, my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears. And let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead. So they're still saying that he's dead. And he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. And thou sayest unto thy servants, bring him down unto me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. And we said unto my Lord, let the lad cannot leave his father, for if we, he should leave his father, his father would die. And thou sayest unto thy servants, except your youngest brother come down with you, you shall see my face no more. And it came to pass when we came up unto thy servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, go again and buy us a little food. And we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face, except our youngest brother be with us. And thy servant, my father, said unto us, you know that my wife bare me two sons. And the one went out from me. And I said, surely he is torn in pieces. And I saw him not since. So they're, they're going through this whole story. They told Joseph, I mean, they told Jacob and telling it to Joseph. And if you take this also from me, that we're in line 29, and mischief befall him, you shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now, therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father and the lad be not with us, seeing that, this, that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. So he's there saying, have mercy on us. This is what our father told us. 
For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant, let your servant stay here or abide instead of the lad, instead of the young, the young one, a bondman or a servant or a slave to my Lord. And let the lad go up with his brethren, with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad, the young one, be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. Hopefully I won't see it come upon my father. Okay, that's, that's what he's saying. Okay. So now we're going to go to, um, to Genesis 45. Jesus led us up to Genesis 45. Then Joseph cannot refrain himself before all them and stood by them and he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him. While Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, he wept aloud in the Egyptians and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not afraid nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. And so that, that was the purpose. Okay, and so we go back to the, to the trials and then the peace. That was the purpose that Joseph was sent into Egypt was to preserve life, was to preserve um, their, the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and, um, and Jacob. And of course, um, the lineage, the Hebrew lineage, because if they would have died off, if they would have died off in the, um, the famine, there would be no Hebrews. There would be no Exodus. Because remember, Jake, uh, this story, Joseph's story, goes right into the Exodus. Okay, and so, you know, of course, you have the, um, they forget who, about Joseph, and his story goes right into the Exodus. And so he's sent before them, they sold him into slavery, but they don't know this by the hand of God. And he is sent there to preserve their lives. They're thinking that they're, they're you know, they're doing something out of anger and jealousy and, um, and pride. But this is by the hand of God that it's being, that it's done. And so he's sent as a preserver. Joseph is sent as a preserver of life. Now, if we go to line six in Genesis 44, for these two years have the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. So he's saying there's, there's five years left. There's a whole, there's a whole five years left of this. And he's warning them saying, you know, God's told me these things. Um, this is, this is um, very serious. This is very, very serious. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. 
So now it was not you that sent me hither or here, but God, and have he have made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. That is the mercy of God. And truly it is a mystery. Hallelujah. Haste ye or hurry ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son, Joseph, God have made me Lord of all Egypt. So he's saying, go to, go to, to Jacob and finally tell him that I'm still alive. And so isn't Jesus good? He, he delivers the, the, the news at the perfect time, at the right time. Because he, he, he was sitting there saying, you know, if, if something happens to, to, um, to, to um, Benjamin, I'm going to die. But yet he's delivering him news, good news that his son, that he thought that was dead years and years and years ago, is alive and doing well. Not only doing well, but extremely well. He's, he's uh, uh, just under the Pharaoh. That's how great he is in Egypt. And he was the one that saved your lives. You guys went straight down to him and he gave you the food that you needed through this, this, this famine. Okay. And so it says here, haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son, Joseph, God have made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, don't stay. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Stay in the land. You, you're going to, you're going to live in Goshen in Egypt. It's a, it's a part of Egypt called Goshen. And thou shalt be near unto me. You're going to be near to, you're going to be close to me. You and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou have come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is my youth, that is that that is that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, that ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, say unto thy brethren, this do you, laid your beasts, and go get you unto the land of Canaan. So he's saying, get your, get your animal ready, get your horse or your donkey ready. And or your, well, they, were, they were horses for the most part in Egypt. And go and travel in camels and travel to Canaan to see your father. And, and it says in line 18, and take your father and your household and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. That's the favor that, 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 that Joseph had. That's the favor that he built up. Hallelujah. By the hand of God. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision, gave them supplies for the way. To all them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner, 10 asses laden with good things of Egypt and 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat and his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away and they departed and he said unto them, see that ye fail, you, you fall not out of the way. And they went up out of the Egypt and came into the land of Canaan. 
unto Jacob their father. And he told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. Hallelujah. Mm. That is the great grace and mercy of God. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. So we're going to read. Um, Jesus led us to, to Genesis 46. We're only going to read to 7. And then we're going to look at a, a short video about Joseph. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba. We just watched a video about Beersheba. So this is this Jacob went back to Beersheba towards the end of his life before he goes into Egypt. And he says, and he offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. And God spake unto Israel. Okay, remember Jacob was renamed Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And again, when we hear God say things twice, we learned this not too long ago. Um, it is him swearing by heaven and earth. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a swearing um, by heaven and earth. Okay, he's saying he's, this is how this is truly um, how important it is. Okay, and so. Um, and he said, here am I. Jacob said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not, go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. So he's saying, jo Joseph is going is to see you even when you die. He's going to be there. Okay. He's going to be there. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones and their wives in wagons, which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And so this is even a fulfilling of prophecy because um, Beersheba was also a place that um, pretty much Abraham um, founded. And so we're going we're gonna to look at a, at a quick video um, about Joseph. And just give me a second while I pull it up here. All right, we're going to look at a quick video about Joseph. Bear with me for a second here. All right. All right. Just let me know, guys, if you can see this. Where is it? All right, can you guys see that? 
Evangelia. You guys see that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can see it. just below the first cataract of the Nile, an ancient inscription written around the 4th century BC was found which claimed to be a copy of a document written by Pharaoh Djoser more than 1,000 years earlier. It is the story of a land grant made by the Pharaoh to the priests of the god Num. It tells of seven years of famine and seven years of plenty how pharaoh had a dream and consulted his chancellor for help it contains most elements of the seven years of famine and seven years of plenty story although they were corrupted in this account written over one thousand years after the event took place but most importantly the priests who wrote this inscription were relying upon the land grants made by this pharaoh to justify their claim to some land they were not writing what they believed was an ancient myth. They obviously believed the land grants made by Pharaoh Djoser to still be valid and of enough authority to still be in effect well over 1,000 years later. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. Only the land of the priests bought he not, for the priests had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh. Ancient Egyptian records list Djoser as the 16th pharaoh of Egypt, and historians have classified him with the so-called Third Dynasty. His chancellor, named Imhotep, was first known through the writings of the Egyptian historian Manetho, who in the 3rd century BC wrote, During Djoser's reign, there lived a man named Imhotep, who had the reputation of the Greek god of medicine and who invented the art of building with hewn stone. The legends attributed to Imhotep were so incredible that he was considered to be mythical until this century when excavations at Djoser's pyramid complex revealed the base of a statue with the name Djoser on it and the name Imhotep with his long list of titles, one of which was Chief Under the King, a title which first appears with Imhotep and also was first bestowed upon Joseph. Imhotep was also the architect of Pharaoh Djoser's pyramid and surrounding complex, a veritable city within a city of incredible beauty and extremely advanced in design. Built on the plateau of Saqqara adjacent to ancient Memphis, the pyramid within the complex is the first ever built in Egypt. Ron Wyatt spent a great deal of time here searching for evidence which might shed light on the biblical account. Such an event is the famine described in the story of Joseph, and the distribution of grain to the other countries would have required a major facility and system of organization. When the famine came and Joseph's brothers came from Canaan to get grain from Egypt, we are told that they went to Joseph, which indicates that he personally oversaw the distribution, at least to those coming from foreign countries. 
and this would mean that there was certainly a central location or granary to which the foreigners came. The complex at Saqqara contains 11 massive pits, which even the Egyptians are at a loss to explain. They are not tombs, for all tombs were underground and carefully sealed, while these were accessible from the surface, and they are extremely large. But most fascinating is the fact that they are all connected by chutes. Ron believes these were the grain storage pits of the seven-year famine. As grain was removed from one pit, grain from the other pits flowed through the chutes, making the grain always accessible from one location. These are within the wall of the step pyramid complex, which has only one entrance, and it opens to a long covered passageway with small cubicles on each side, each just the right size for a person to sit with perhaps a small table. The narrow, singular entrance would have allowed only a few people to enter at a time. There was no doubt in Ron's mind that this was the main center of grain distribution on a massive scale. As people arrived to get their grain, they lined up to enter the long corridor. Inside, they paid one of the cashiers in one of the cubicles for the grain. After payment was made, perhaps they were given a sack for grain which reflected the amount of their payment. Then they proceeded through the corridor straight to the area of the grain bins. Once there, they descended the stairway next to the storage bins, handed their sack to a worker who filled it with grain and returned it to them. Then they exited through a small door on the lower level, which led to the outside of the complex. When the pits were first excavated, bits of grain still remained in them. During the seven-year famine, Egypt gained great wealth and prominence among the nations through the selling of the grain. The Egyptians who lived in their cities along the Nile had little to do during the famine since they had a seven-year supply of grain to rely on and were able to devote their time to the building projects of the pharaoh, not as slaves, but as grateful subjects. The family of Jacob who lived in the Delta, separate from the native population, prospered and grew, exempt from the one-fifth taxation levied on the native population. From the time Jacob's family came to Egypt until the birth of Moses, many pharaohs had come and gone, many ruling contemporaneously with others in different regions. But until now, all recognized the rights granted to the people of Israel to live in the land of Ramses. But that was about to change. that that goes right into the Exodus story. And so we see again, we see this, this peaceful, um, gracious and merciful um, attitude that is um, blessed by, by God, um, by Joseph. 
you know, the way he treats his brothers, the way he treats his youngest brother um, without them knowing. Um, and so he is a little example about that, that grace, that peace and that mercy. He goes, he goes through the trials, and then he's brought to a place of peace. Hallelujah. And so does anybody have any, um, any reflections from um, any personal um, revelations, any takeaways, any thoughts that you guys um, want to share? I can't think of anything at this time, Daryl. Okay. Anybody else got anything? Miss Rose, you got any thoughts? <clears throat> no, just that it's a good story. One of my favorites. Oh yeah, mine too. Yeah, I would have loved that. I, I often um, picture Jacob's face when he did see Joseph again. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he was he was probably jumping for joy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ashley, you got anything? Um, I think for me, um, just like my mom was saying, like, um, you know, just like just the amazement of Jacob, it really makes me think about like, um, it probably, he probably was at his wits end with just, um, believing and then also maybe even his faith with God, you know, at that point, but then it seemed to me like that just restored his faith, like. You know, like like to think that his son was dead and then the other one could have been gone and all of this stuff. And then it was just like a renewal. You know what I mean? Like, wow, like, like this is what God did the whole time. You know what I mean? Like the whole time, it probably yeah. just sealed the deal with um, trusting in God. It probably sealed the deal with his faith. And it probably sealed the deal with everything he ever um, probably taught the, um, the sons. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. so they probably looked at the fate of their dad, like, wow, like, is there really God? You know, but then with this situation, it was like it sealed the deal for the tribes of Israel, the patriarchs, you know what I mean, to be who they became when they when they shared their stories of um telling the descendants of how how to trust God, you know, and I, I kinda think it kind of gears back to us with um when we believe in him and we follow him and we profess him that we, we really need to um look at this as a light of hope with all of our circumstances that we could be we could be a jacob you know we could be a jake our our story could turn into a jacob and joseph reunion if that makes sense no matter what it is it doesn't have to be people but it could be like um circumstances it could be you know career it could be family you know it could be anything so hallelujah hallelujah yes and so again you know like what we read like what we read in um you know first peter three about that um that reverence, you know, in the conversation that we're having, 
you know, but if, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. The sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you, your good conversation in Christ. And so like that's the, that's the faith that we have and the, um, the walk that we take with Jesus. Knowing yeah. that we're going to come against adversaries, but yet he, he prospers us and carries us through and carries us on those wings of faith. Knowing that you know, we're only going to suffer for a little while. Yeah. I know uh, I always did like the uh, story of, of Joseph and um, I think what it what it does it was it points out that how so many of us miss our blessing because we don't stay the course when we're going through things and exactly. Joseph is a clear, you know, a, a description of someone that stayed the course. He went through all kinds of crap. His brothers were jealous, sold him into slavery. First, they wanted to kill him and all kinds of stuff. And he stayed the course through all that, you know, because right. the other side, he knew there was that blessing at the end. And even though the Bible teaches us, that sometimes we gotta go through things before we get that blessing, you know, at times that I think a lot of us, we lose that blessing. We don't get that blessing because we don't, we don't finish the course or whatever it is that God, you know, had in store for us. We faint before we even get to the blessing because things got a little tough or we didn't like them or that wasn't fair or, life kicked me around, we usually go that route instead of looking at, okay, God, what you doing to me? You know, what, you know, I, I can see that you're working this in my life. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to stay true and I'm going to stay faithful. And those other folks, I think that truly, you know, get some enormous blessings because they really had to go through sometimes some enormous things that the average folks and most of us these days we would whine and cry and kick and spit and would say the heck with it we would turn out back or just try to work it out ourselves and you know and and everything else right and we never get we never get to the point where god can bless us because we quit way too yeah. soon and there's all these wonderful blessings that god has in store but you know, they just don't fall out the sky like manner. Usually you got to go through some things or you got to do something. You know, you know, God's just not tossing you out stuff. Just, I mean, he loves you, but he's just not, you know, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. And you just go off, you know, you know, kind of all lily, whatever, and, and, and keep living, you know, in a way against God's will and still expect to get these blessings. Sometimes, you can be doing God's will to the fullest and you wondering why are you still going through all of these horrible things? Because look at Joseph. He went through some terrible things. I mean, with the, uh, you know, getting favor and, you know, and, uh, and, and then, you know, you know, the wife and, you know, you know, folks lying about him and then him being in jail and all kinds of stuff. Right. 
but yet he stayed true. He stayed faithful and he wound up being, you know, the uh, next to, you know, the Pharaoh, the, you know, the biggest ruler in, 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 in that land, you know, but look at what he had to go to and look at how he had to stay. Imagine if, you know, and even though he just, he did go through some things because uh, he ain't going to tell me that Joseph wasn't, didn't have some moments of bitterness when he was being a little rough with them brothers, like, okay, I'm gonna get, I'm, 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 I'm giving y'all some of this, you know, whether it was ordained by God, you know, through Joseph rebuking them. But, uh, you know, something tells me that uh, my brothers did that to me. You know, I think my flesh is gonna rise up a little bit and uh, I'm gonna let them have it a little bit, right? You know, and, uh, and until the grace of God just really works me over and then I just fall on them and, and I just can't, I can't hold back you know, any longer. I can't hold on to that anger or whatever it is for that moment that I had against my brothers for what they did, you know, and then God takes over and just, you know, you know, everybody is blessed, you know, at that point, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, in a nutshell that uh, we miss a lot of our blessings because when some of the tough times come, we can't hang five seconds. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we, to we even get you that blessing that God has in store. And I think Joseph is a, is, a, is, a, is a good illustration of waiting on that blessing. And he wasn't looking for a blessing. He was just, that's, what, that's who Joseph was, right? He wasn't saying, okay, I'm going to go through this because I know that God's just going to bless me in and out and this and that. And I'm just going to wait and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait. You know, he just did what was second nature to him you know, was worshiping God, you know, faithful, you know, and the blessings just happened to come, you know, and he wasn't expecting all of this maybe to happen. I mean, well, he did foretell about his brothers, you know, bowing down to him and, and, and this and that, but that wasn't a motive, you know, his motive was, you know, was to worship and, and, and to be true and faithful, you know, that's where all his motives was and the blessings came you know, afterwards. That's all. That's Amen. my little two cents when I think of the uh, a story of Joseph. It's one of my favorite stories too, right? Because, uh, man, them brothers, or I, I could imagine, imagine your little brother coming up, you know, modern days telling you, you know what? I'm going to be president one day and, um, and you're going to come be a janitor cleaning up my office, you know? And you saying that to your, you know, big brother, your little brother, I'll probably look at that little brother and say, yeah, you better get your little ruddy butt on away from here, you know. So I could imagine, you know, some of the, <laughs> yeah. I could imagine some of the feelings from uh, when Joseph was, you know, telling them these stories and these dreams and how, uh, you know, you know, they got a little, a little rough, you know, like, you know, who, who this little runt think he is, you know, telling us we gonna be bound down and this, this and that. Can you imagine that mm -hmm. in modern day time, how that would play out? Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. the same way, it's, it's, worse. It's interesting, yeah. it, it was all, it was all by the hand of God, you know, and sometimes Jesus just wants to, uh, he wants us, he wants to make sure that we really do want him and that we really do want the things he has in store and not just be given something and then just go right back to what we wanted to do or go right back into some sinful stuff so he wants to know 
that we really do love him and are going to go in the right way and like really dedicated to him, you know, because we're supposed to be children of, of, of God. We're not supposed to just, you know, it's like when, it's like when, you know, somebody gives you something or, you, you know, we all have, have, you know, have, you know, encounter people who, you know, we help out and they just turn right back into the same negative thing or whatever the thing we was that we were helping them out with in the first place to, to you know, that, that we needed to, to, to help them out with. He doesn't want us to go right back into it. He wants to know, like, are you dedicated? Are you real? Is this true? And so we go through those trials and tribulations. We go through time periods where it's just like, it's rough, but he just wants to, he yeah. wants us to, he wants, he wants to, to, to us to see it through, you know, mm. And it, and it is. That's I mean, true. you were talking about, Amen. you know, the other day, you know, about it being, you know, a mystery. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it is a mystery. You know, why, I mean, why did God have him go through all of those things? You know, I mean, he right. didn't have to. He didn't have to do it that way. You know, do we totally understand? We may have an inclination of, you know, of, of some of the reasons, but Really, that is one of the great mysteries, you know, that we're really not to be that concerned. All we got to do is know that this is what happened. It is true. God works in ways where God will work in ways. And we may, you know, understand and get some revelation, you know, you know, from it. Or it may just be a mystery. I mean, anyone that can say they know God 100%. It's kind of hard to know, um, you know, the the uh, the greatness, total mind of God. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I mean, you may have a relationship with Him, a loving relationship with Him, but to totally understand why God does some of the things He does, if we ponder on that, I mean, we'd be lost in the sauce all the time because it's just going to be some things we're just going to have to accept as faith and that we know God is going to work it, you know, for good, some kind of way. And our small minds, we can't understand why this person dies and be like, these children get massacred and this happens. If he wanted to, he wipe all that stuff out in the blink of an eye, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it's it's just, you know, one of the other mysteries and yeah. it's not for us to try to totally, you know, understand why just accept that God is in control. He allows certain things to happen. He doesn't allow other things to happen. And if we try to beat ourselves to death, trying to understand the why, you know, you know, it will drive ourselves crazy trying to understand every single why of you know, you know, why God does certain things and, you know, to our little small minds and you're talking about the infinite mind of, you know, God, we can't, we can't scrape the surface of totally understanding that, you know, only thing we have to know is that we be faithful, you know, trust in him and know that he has everything under control and be grateful for that much with all the things that, you know, we just don't, can't fathom at times, you know. Amen. Whoa. Amen. Jesus and that's pop, pop, have... 
<laughs> he wants us to have that that good conscience, you know. Yeah. Except it, and we were reading in First Peter three it says, "For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well doing than for evil doing." Mm -hmm. right. So he 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 wants us to um to suffer for for well doing Ooh. and just to just know that you know we. We have no idea what he um, holds in our future. I mean, that's sort of Joseph didn't know any of that was going to happen until it happened. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a lesson. It's a lesson, you know, he wants us to do good. And, and he, he's he's an example. He's a, he's a wonderful example of, of, of doing good. And of course, it, there's so much that mirrors to the life of Jesus. And so we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and end it there. Um, before and we um, ben, we wanna, um, do you want to do you want to um, take us out with a word of prayer, Mr. Ben? Sure. Ashley was trying Anybody to say something. Oh, I was just going to say um, for everybody to give a shout out and a hey to Miss Darlene. She's on here too today. Um, I don't know if her mic yeah, is Darlene working. Joined us. She's definitely tuning in. <laughs> hey, y'all. I thought I saw your name up there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not sure if you can. Uh... Yep, she's she's actually um. Then on the last couple of um the last couple of sermons, she went back and listened to them, and so uh she's, okay. she's been tuning she's been tuning into to to a few of them, especially in this series. All so that, right. that that's wonderful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. I wish we could hear you because I know you probably got something to say. <laughs> I think so she honey, might gonna go be difficulties on there. Um, all right, Mr. Ben, you want to take us out with a, with a word of prayer? Okay, a little short, a little short and sweet. Father, I want to thank you for bringing us together today to, um, yes. you know, to worship you and to, you know, learn your word and to, you know, share with our families and, and others and learn about you and all the other, you know, folks in the Bible. And I want to thank you. In Jesus' name, Father, pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So again, um, if anybody has difficulty logging in, problems logging in, you just don't feel like logging in, you can go right to smucd.org slash videos and you can live stream everything right on there. And of course, we got the replays on the podcast and, and, and right on the blog and you can just watch the whole video over again. And so we'll go ahead and uh, close out and thank you all for, for joining us. Thank you for the fellowship. We love it. It's wonderful. Jesus is here and is all. He's present in it all. And we, we love you guys. We love you. We love you. Thanks, Daryl. Blessings, everybody. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Oh, they're everybody here. Have a blessed day.